Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I can remember a time when somebody told me that I can't speak to a man, man like that. What? And, um, and I said, no, it's because he's a man that I will definitely speak to my <laughs> I know, love that. I'll never forget it. And I remember who said it and I remember who it was about. But I was never a person ever that was going to let anybody let me feel less for mm-hmm. being a woman. Back in that, back in that bag again. Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah. Welcome back for another episode of Making the Boss. In this episode, I chat with well-respected public relations professional Natalie Moore about representing some of the biggest brands in her 25-year-plus career, being the global communications leader for Sean Diddy Combs and what that entails, being a strong woman in a male-dominated industry, never backing down when faced with a challenge, and so much more. Listen here. So my first question is, who is Natalie Moore? What is it exactly that you do? Over the last 20 years, um, I have been a global communications leader. Um, You know, I'm a a CEO of my own business, More Magic. Um, But throughout my career, I've worked with with Sean Diddy Combs in different capacities and different roles. But currently, um, he, along with Combs Global and... uh, Combs sisters, Christian Combs are my clients, um, and I my company is called More Magic. Um, I am somebody who not only runs global communications, that's both internal and external, but I also do endorsements, brand collaborations, and partnerships and integrated marketing. Um, I'm a trusted advisor to CEOs and global superstars, and I have been a member of senior leadership. Um, for high-profile high brands and companies, and my expertise ranges across multiple industries. Not only do I do music and entertainment, but I also do fashion, um, beauty, beverage, politics, philanthropy, film, television, and media brands. Um, and throughout my career, I have built and managed and sometimes reinvented brands and companies, um, and I lead in earned media and brand reputation efforts, um, as well as integrated marketing campaigns. And I have just, I have a real understanding of like what that 360 should look like from beginning to end. Um, I've worked with a diverse range of clients, as I mentioned, like everybody from, you know, Britney Spears to Diana Ross to Matt Cosmetics, to VH1, MTV, Intrigo Hotels, Philippe Stark. I mean, you name it, I've really done it. I most recently uh, worked on Mike Bloomberg's 2020 campaign. Um, You know, my core strength, I mean, a lot of people think PR is just about going to great events and hobnobbing with celebrities, but it's really um, a 24-7 job. Um, news never ends and you're constantly uh, needing to do a lot of things. Um, You know, my core strength, as I said, is, you know, crafting compelling narratives that resonates with audiences and drives engagement. And it's, you know, it's not just in media, it could be social media, it could be in different ways and different um, methods to to communicating that narrative. Um, 
but it's really thinking through everything um, and all touch points. Um, I spearhead, as I said, the global communications efforts and public persona and managing appearances and performances for Mr. Combs. And I oversee his entertainment initiatives, um, sometimes in TV, um, some film projects in the past and his agency management. And like my real point of difference is my ability to deal with crisis management. You know, that is an expertise in of itself and I've successfully navigated um, challenging situations and developed a unique set of skills just handling crises um, effectively and efficiently. Um, overall, I've had a really amazing career and, um, and I really love what I do. How did you get started in public relations? Um, I fell into it. I, um, it wasn't planned. Uh, it's something that I studied photography. Um, I have a Bachelor of Arts in commercial photography. Really? And I do. Um, and I came to America, um, straight fresh out of college. Mm -hmm. I really had a dream of, um, you know, working with some of the best. My, you know, I was inspired by Helmut Newton and, um, and Anna Leibovitz and Bruce Weber. And I thought that I would become an assistant. I'd move to New York and just, I'd figure it out. And really what had happened was I, you know, obviously needed a job. I ended up working for a PR firm and getting an assistant job. And that's really how I fell into it. It was by accident. Um, I'm a very driven person. Um, I knew that I wanted to work with celebrities. Um, and so I, at the time, LinkedIn didn't exist. So there was a book that you could get. And I looked up all the top entertainment PR firms. Mm -hmm. You know, I know a lot of my friends had studied public relations. And so I just thought, well, maybe I'll give it a try, not really knowing what it was. Yeah. So you've been in the industry for um, years now. Over, so you obviously love it. Over 25 years. Yeah. yeah over 25 <laughs> years. Yep. Um, and I do love it. Um, it's evolved um, as an industry. Okay. Um, you know, it's people say, oh, let's just do public relations. And they think it's about hosting events and mm -hmm. you know, being very social, but really not understanding that, that it really is about crafting a story. Um, it's really um, a very strategic, um, you know, field um, where you really are doing brand reputation um, communications that's both internal and ex external um, and dealing with the media, social media. Um, it's really about really crafting that message and storytelling. Mm -hmm. So what would you say, um, I guess that would be a misconception, right? People think it's just about the glitz and the glams and meeting celebrities, but it's a lot of hard work. I don't think people really understand that. It's 24-7. News happens 24-7, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, something can can spark on, on the internet and social media, you know, a false narrative and, you know, you're in overdrive. Mm -hmm. It is the most thankless industry. Um, we are involved in every aspect of, you know, uh, one's career. I'm saying that from the entertainment side. I've obviously, I've not obviously, I've done a lot of brands um, as well as I've, ha I've worked in every industry from politics to um, entertainment, celebrity, um, events, um, award shows, um, films, um, hotels, restaurants, uh, architects, wow. you name it, I've done it. The only industry that I have not worked in is um, sports. 
Okay. So I've tackled it all. What was your original question? Sorry, I went too far. No, I was just saying, I feel like a lot of people have a misconception with um, PR yep. because they want to get into it just for like the glitz and the glam and the yes. fun stuff, but not the work, you know? Yeah, it's really hard work. I think that I work harder probably now than I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I think that the work ethic that you have to have as a person in, you know, in communications and PR is it's 24-7. You can't check out and go to yoga at 6 o'clock. You can't go get your <laughs> hair and nails done when we're all in the office working. It's mm-hmm. like it's the one thing like management that it's all the time and you touch so many different things. Like, yeah. you know, if you're de- dealing with a show or a performance, you're involved in every aspect of it. You know, not only the the press, well, mm-hmm. not for me anyway. I'm involved in so many different aspects of um, my talent's career um, that it's not just communications. It's not just writing press releases or, you know, coming up with a narrative. It's about really positioning someone's brand reputation and really thinking about where it strikes and hits. And so it is not something that you can turn on, turn off very quickly. And I think a lot of young people today you know, it's definitely about mental health and we need to think about that. But it's hard work and we can't mm-hmm. be riddled with excuses. Like we all need, I want to have private time too, but sometimes, you know, it's a struggle mm-hmm. and it's not about different generations. It's about really knowing that if you really want something, you've got to work hard to get it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's really important. So, yes, um, there's a lot of work. It's not about the glitz and glam. Um, it's a lot of preparation um, and a lot of pivoting at the same time. You know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Especially on the level that we work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so how did you connect with Diddy? Um, funnily enough, um, the agency that I first started at, like a lot of people jump around. I was at the first agency, big PR agency, um, mm-hmm. for 10 years. And okay. my boss was was known uh, in the music industry. He was my mentor, Dan Clores, and he um, he uh, was introduced to Mr. Combs, and um, I was the account executive at the time, put on the account. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been that was the late nineties, and I've been with him on and off ever since. Like in some capacity, I've been with, working with him. Mm-hmm. There was only a very short period of time that that we did not work together. Um, and that is when I went into fashion mm-hmm. um, and I became an agent um, at representing brands outside of the U.S. to do talent negotiations. That was the only time period that I did not work with him. Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, what are some major campaigns that we're aware of that you worked with him on? Would you say, like, most of them? I, everything? <laughs> yeah. I would think some everything from Diddy in the City okay. um, yeah. to um, Unforgivable, Sean John, I Am King. Um, you know, we rechristened a boat um, in Saint-Tropez, um, unforgivable, um, and had one of the biggest, hottest parties. Um, I was involved in all the white parties in the Hamptons to oh. the white parties in, in Saint-Tropez. And when I say that, they were, it wasn't just about a party. There was obviously some sort of launch or initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, I was involved in, um, oh, my gosh, you've got to get me think, Isha. I can't even think about <laughs> the campaigns I worked on. Let me All think. I'll think and I'll come back to you. Like, I worked on a many. I mean, we. I did most of the albums, you know. Mm. Um, he was king of MTV. Yeah. Um, I was there for, you know, when he rocked up on a truck performing um, <laughs> one year. 
I was there when we did um, Bad Boy for Life on, on a set, you know, with the fun golf ball. I was on set when we did Diddy, um, the D, the I, the D, the D, the I. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been around, you know, for yeah. many, many campaigns. Um, a lot of the Ciroc campaigns mm-hmm. um, I, I was around for, um, you know, with Khaled and French. Um, I've been on a lot of campaigns with Mr. Combs. I mean, the bet, one of the most recent was Can't Stop, Won't Stop, okay. Bad Boy Story, um, the movie with Apple, mm-hmm. uh, also uh, the Bad Boy reunion tour. Um, I'd been on many tours with Bad Boy artists. It was, for me, you know, a very exciting time as well, given the fact that um, I had worked with a lot of the young artists, you know, when we were all up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really exciting. Yeah. Uh, to work on some of the incredible campaigns. I mean, launching and signing um, Sean John to its first fragrance deal, I was around all during that period. Um, and, you know, it was a really exciting time to get nominated for the Fifi Awards, um, ring, ring the Belt Stock Exchange. Yeah. Um, as I said before, he was king of MTV, running from his office at Bad Boy to, you know, say I'm, you know, they kick off the show to running across the street through the crowd and being in the first segment. Like, it was just really <laughs> exciting times and different times, you know, to what we do today. But, um, you know, doing, you know, the diary series, doing cribs, mm-hmm. all of that you know, was various campaigns that I worked on. Yeah. So you've basically been there and helped him grow his, you know, empire from day one, practically. So I'd say I've definitely been a part of his journey, um, mm-hmm. in, you know, in a, a dif- different aspects of it in different ways over the years. But yes, mm-hmm. I've definitely been a part of it, working yeah. for, for that, that genius that is Sean Diddy Combs. Yeah. So this might be a a weird question, but can you describe a day in the life of you representing him? I know probably each day is different, right? It's different. Um, you know, you have a running list of mm-hmm. things that are not like immediate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have um, things that sort of come up. I think it's hard to describe my days um, because for example, like anything can happen. Like last week is a good example. We were in New York. You know, we had multiple events that we needed to pivot from, you know, not for anyone's fault but bad weather. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, from a month of organising like some key events that we were doing, we needed to pivot, um, you know, on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, like yesterday I was at a shoot all day with the Combs twins and, and chance, uh-huh. um, you know, that we did for an influencer campaign. And then, you know, I had multiple calls in rela- regards to Christian Combs uh, being nominated for the BET Awards um, and organising everything from his stylist to um, being on a production call to what he's presenting to figuring out a dance segment and what music we're doing, plus working on the radio room, what um, just various aspects of, like, a big TV moment for him, you know, in his yeah. career and then discussing how that rolls into. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Him dropping an upcoming project um, for his new, your new project on Bad Boy um, okay. to working on timing for 
um, the rollout for when Mr. Combs drops his his next project. So there's a lot of shifting of gears yeah. there. Um, and so that was like one day. Yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> that was all in one day. So yeah. So okay, I didn't also I didn't know you also repped his kids as well. That's pretty cool. Um, um I I help. Um, yes, with Christian, I've I've been around since you know the beginning for him, mm-hmm. and so I'm definitely you know somebody he calls upon. I've definitely locked in things for him. He has a great team mm-hmm. that I support, both on the modeling side, management side, just overall his brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and guiding him in the best possible way. And with um, the girls, my role is I've just brought them deals um, and opportunities in fashion mm-hmm. um, and, you know, everything from Dolce Gabbana to, you know, when they walked the Couture show a few years ago to them appearing in V Magazine as up-and-coming stars, you yeah. know, and helping to bring opportunities as they build their brands and, and find what you know, they'd like to do after school. Yeah. You know, Chance really wants to be an actress, you know, and so she's, you know, on her own path um, and steering her own career with, you know, her team. And then the twins really want to be in fashion and really um, want to build their own brand. And so anything that I can do to help support their dreams, I try to. I'm, you know, not, obviously they're in school and um, they're going to finish school, but anything that I can bring to them, I try to. Right. So what are all the skill sets you need to have in order to have such a hectic position as yours? I think number one is um, just the interest and drive. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, in, in, you know, in any, in, in your life, it's, I don't think you can succeed. You have to want to do something. Yeah. You know, I did not study communications, but I can tell you that I wanted this. I wanted to move to America I had a dream to live in New York or Los Angeles and there was nothing that was going to stop me. And I would cry and my mom would say, you can come home. I can, like, what are you doing? I yeah. said, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make it and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I think that's the number one. And the other thing is, and I've forgotten your question, but the other thing that I wanted to mention is, the other thing I wanted to mention is that you need to be organized. A messy desk is a messy mind. You need to be, you know, really be organized in your approach and methodical. And mm. you've got to learn it on, on your feet. Like I learned what I do and was not able, you know, to figure it out for a long time. But I worked damn hard and was the first one in the last one out because mm-hmm. I wanted to be in this career. I really enjoyed it. I thought, when am I going to think like these leaders? Like they are so smart. They're coming up with great ideas. Like, when am I going to have my chance? And then one day it just happens. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's certainly, you know, I'm definitely established in my career now, however, and I trust myself, but I love having, you know, people to bounce ideas off of and have a brainstorming session and, you know, really hone in on and, and having, you know, collab, collaborate with others because, you know, you, you can always learn. Um, but the one thing that, you know, you have to have is an interest and drive. If you don't have it, I can't help you. You know what right. I mean? I, I don't even know. You've just got to really push and really want it bad enough. Because if you want anything bad enough in life, you can have it. Skill is one part of it, absolutely. But 
you know, experience and the will and the interest is is the other part of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love that you said that because I feel like a lot of people, you know, when they're climbing the ladder, they feel a lot of self-doubt all the time. So it's normal, you know, to feel, you know, down on certain days. So how did you overcome that? Um, would you I, say you kind of I still have it? it? You still have it? Not yet. I still have self-doubt. You, I mm-hmm. think that that hunger and that self, it's important because otherwise you're invincible and then you think you don't need to learn. And you, I do have self-doubt, you know, sometimes um, maybe not in my career as much, maybe uh, in <laughs> you some know personal what you're doing aspects. <laughs> I know what I'm doing in my career, but mm-hmm. I still like to, like, it's good to like bounce it off somebody. Like, yeah. you know, we, we, you know, how a news story breaks, mm-hmm. it's not always happy, you right. know, and you want to make sure that you're thinking it through. It's a correct thought, thought mm-hmm. you know, thoughtful story. I remember I was working on, you know, Ian Schrager. He's one of the most famous hoteliers. And, you know, I want, he wanted the New York Times front page of the business section. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And I went to a writer that I knew didn't like him. You know, and I thought, you know, I'm going to make this guy's going to see it. What a genius this guy, like Ian Schrager, is. You know, and I really worked so hard, and the story came out on Sunday, the 19th of July, on his birthday. Wow! And it was an incredible story that I'd worked so hard for. But you know, you when it comes to you know a journalist, they're independent. They're not going to be, you know, they're going to write their story that as much as I certainly guided him, certainly brought other interviews to the story. Mm-hmm. It has to be a balanced story. You can't yeah. write the headline. You can't write the story. And so it was something that I had doubt over. And I would still today, you know, there's only so much I can do. But I think it's a healthy thing to have in mm-hmm. order to be successful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So yeah. do you recall a big fire that had to be, that you had to put out, like something that was so crazy that you were like panicking, but you got it done? <laughs> I mean, always there's a fire every day. There's a crisis every day when yeah. you're working with big talent, uh-huh. there's fake rumors, oh, there's yeah. situations where, um, you know, there. There's a lot of situations that I can't obviously speak to, but they happen every day. And I would say mm-hmm. over the last several weeks, I've been involved in multiple ones and then they're all nighters sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and people's lives and reputations, people think it's a joke and they can joke about things, but it's not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, some things are very serious and they have, you know, there's implications to it and there's feelings involved. Right. And there are, you know, there's just a lot. And I don't think people really think about it you know people very loosely lipped behind those guarded you know keyboards and yeah you know, their files. They, don't realize, yeah. Yeah, they don't realize the lies um that they come up with and people want to break stories and be first mm-hmm. and don't care who is in their way to get there and right. that kind of behavior um is is tough to deal with in a crisis situation um, but I'm always putting out fires mm-hmm. and there are fires in the media and there are fires when things change, you know, at, um, you know, an event, you know, somebody, you know, anything can happen and you've got to pivot and you've got to think fast on your feet and you've got to be, you've got to show people that you're not sweating doing it, you know, right. you've just got to do it. You know, experience teaches you how to be 
you know, better at it. Um, I think when you're like losing your shit um, <laughs> and having, you know, a screaming fit, it's because you're nervous, right? Yeah. But you can be cool under your hat and cool through the situation. It's experience that can teach you how to be like that, you know, uh, to be calm. I'm definitely not a calm person, but, um, <laughs> but I, I definitely know how to roll and to navigate in those situations. Well, yeah. and its experience has gotten me there. Right. I actually feel like considering everything that you do, like I feel like you could be way more of a shouter, yeller, whatever you said. Like I think you're pretty yeah. great considering what you, you know, deal with on a daily basis. So You know, it's funny. I I Listen, I have a loud voice. Mm -hmm. You know, I come from a family, and I'm going to say this because I talk really loud in the office too. Uh -huh. um, you know, because now people like open seating. I'm like, I don't think you ever want to put me in open seating because <laughs> it's just, I'm really loud. Like, I'm always on the like phone talking. Like, you're naturally talking. just loud. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, you know, in my family, you know, we would yell from room to room. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's how, I mean, we're yellers. Like, you know, <laughs> we're not quiet people. Where, where, you know, when we call out to somebody, it's not quietly, but, you know, then my brother married, you know, a Japanese woman and they whisper, you know, and we, we are not that kind of family. And so, you know, mm -hmm. I definitely, and to respond directly to your question, like, I definitely am loud and I um, might be loud in a situation, but it's generally never yelling at somebody else it's just being loud or yelling at a situation mm -hmm. you know and I think that um it's look when you're under stress people react differently right um and there are definitely tools to how how one should you know react you know when you're stressed out sometimes you just can't help it you know yeah it happens you gotta release <laughs> you gotta release yeah yeah okay so um let's see what do you absolutely love and hate about PR Honestly, uh, about my trip, I don't just do PR, so mm -hmm. I feel like I'm really part of the leadership okay. and management as well. Mm -hmm. I should say that, but you know, my my definitely my direct um, the the things that I work on is communications. Obviously, um, mm -hmm. I love coming up with ideas. I love uh, challenges. You know, I I love seeing something from from I from inception to the end um I love doing award shows and performances and shoots and come I, I just deals I love it all right mm. what I don't like is when others don't work as hard because it's collaboration I can't yeah. stand people who do, don't are all talk or only showing face because you know the boss yeah. is on like but when it's like when he's not around they're like nowhere to be found Right. I, can't, I hate that. I hate um, excuses because I'm not ones with, I'm not, I don't have an excuse. Like I'm, I am, I work hard. It doesn't matter that I'm at the top of the ladder. Mm -hmm. I am down in the trenches with my sleeves rolled up doing yeah. it with everybody else. And I'm happy to teach, but I cannot stand someone who's ex excuse yeah. driven and people who don't deliver. Mm -hmm. Right. I hate it. Yeah. And I just like, so I don't like that part of my job. And I don't like, I, I don't like working with people who think that they can check out like, no, in mm -hmm. the beginning of their careers too. Like, I'm mm -hmm. like, sorry, you've picked the wrong career. <laughs> and they say it's a different, it's a generational thing. It's not, it's, it's not. not, it's not, it's an excuse. 
and if just go be somewhere else then you know yeah. don't enter the our career so you know and I think that also it's our careers uh, my career and my area of business is very detail oriented and you I wish I had more time you know to do things it's like I have to move so fast you know so many people are last minute and I'm very much an organizer and I like to have time and I like everything to be neat just isn't like that yes can't be like that so that's frustrating Uh, Mm -hmm. but I do really have a passion for what I do I really do love it it brings me so much joy yeah do you see yourself do you see yourself doing this for the rest or not the rest of your life but for years to come for sure I mean PR has changed or communication has changed how you know magazines are slowly disappearing but Mm -hmm. people there's always going to be a need for what I do um you know I, I see, as I said to you earlier, there's a lot of people who think they know what they're doing. They have no idea what really you know, yeah. communications is. Um, I, I just look, I want to retire eventually. Um, but, I, you know, I see myself always being in entertainment or around talent in some capacity. Um, I definitely have a, an interest for it and, you know, love for it. And I think I'll be doing it, you know, for a while. Right. I just love it. Yeah. People, my friends, I can't believe I'm still doing it, especially my Australian friends. <laughs> Yeah, but um, you know, because they they chose different paths, and um, I just love it. Like I, I just get a lot of joy out of it. I, mm. I have a lot of joy today, just with the work we did yesterday with, you know, his daughters and with Christian. It just brings me so such happiness to see young people experiencing, you know, great things. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it. Yeah. So yes, I think I'll be doing it for a while. Yeah. A certain form of it, you know. Um, yeah. Cert- certainly. Okay, yeah. Um. So you've worked in it, again, for like over 25 years, and I'm sure you've made a lot of mistakes along the way, like all leaders have. So how did yes. you learn from them, and what mistakes were they? Um, I'm, we've, Listen, I've made a lot of mistakes, Um. and I think you have to make them to know, to learn from them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I... I definitely was at a, you know, I, I don't want to know if, if I should really get into what they were, mm-hmm. but, you know, they were bad in judgment, um, mm-hmm. whether it was, it was, you know, it could affect my clients in, in media mm-hmm. or, um, you know, stories that might have leaked, you know, that I maybe weren't directly from me, but, you know, I could have, you know, prevented, mm-hmm. um, like just things that, that you know you learn the truth if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a big mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your mcdonald's bag as a placemat then that wasn't a road trip it was just a really long drive at participating mcdonald's experience you know Mm -hmm. i i definitely have group meetings where like this is that i know that people have adopted and then anyone who's probably reading or listening to this um would remember uh i have meetings that uh, like what we did well and what we can do better and we have memos and it's like i make every after every initiative like that's the conversation you need to have like these are the wins and these are what we could have we this is what we learned from our mistakes this is what we can't let happen in the future you know because then it's 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 great you know to have those conversations you know and yeah i think that that's important mistakes happen you know i definitely feel 
I don't like making mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. certainly, you know, I own my own mistakes. I'd like mm-hmm. others to own their mistakes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. it's just part of the course. Yeah. It I happens. feel like, yeah, I feel like people are afraid to make mistakes because they don't want to have people think, you know, they maybe don't know what they're doing or something, but they're natural, like they're going to happen. So there's no yeah. point in making excuses for them. Right. Yeah, you can't. And like, you know, I think that some of the younger people, you know, that we work with hide Mm -hmm. behind the leaders and let them take the fall for them when, and then, you know, we're happy to do it, but like then our boss, you know, gives it to us and good, you know, for those mistakes and doesn't want to hear excuses from us, but it's more, uh, you know, forgiving of the younger ones and the younger ones should just let, you know, just be to just realize it's just par for the course, you know? Yeah. It's going to happen. It's fine. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you learn yep. from them and don't, you know, keep doing them exactly. over and over. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, I, one thing I certainly don't like, and if it's a mistake, is lie people who lie. Yeah. You to know? get out of so yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and that I do not like. I, for me, just give me the honesty. I just need to know. Just tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. Because then I can work from the truth, you know, yeah. and fix it. Um, but look, nobody's perfect, mm-hmm. and that's something I had to learn because you know you want to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's part of my nature, you know, being the Aries that I am. Um, Are you an Aries? Wanna be, oh. I am an Aries. Yeah. When's your birthday? Born leader. My birthday is April third. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, and so many of my best friends are Aries. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's um, funny. And my grandpa was in Aries, but you know, just to say that it's path or uh, it's it's in our nature to wanting to be perfect and mm-hmm. to be leaders. Like someone says, you know, you, you're not a leader, and no, no, I was born to lead. It's I, it's my star sign. Like, yeah, you can't tell me that I'm not that because you I don't are. know how to be anything else. Right, right. You know, it's a natural skill set to me. It is in what I was born to do was to lead, and mm-hmm. in, you know, in any capacity. If someone says like I need to follow, I, I just I wouldn't know how to do that. I don't know right. how to do that. Right. That's not like in your nature to, to follow. Not in people. my nature. Yeah. Nah. So as a woman yeah. in um the entertainment space, the music space, how have you demanded your respect on your climb to the top? Because I feel like you know a lot of women, you know, we can get tested. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a really interesting question because you know, during the week, me too, like, I really wanted to think about my own experiences. I sit with a lot throughout my career in a, a room with, that is male dominated. Mm-hmm. I have, a, and I have a very strong, you know, father, um, who's definitely, who's definitely still very tough on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had bosses that mirrored that sort of behavior. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, it's been a challenge for me, but I am not a quiet person. Like I, I don't put up with a lot, you know, and it's definitely got me in trouble, but I have never been one to sit quietly, you know, Mm -hmm. when there's been favoritism towards males Mm -hmm. or, um, uh, what what do you, I'm sorry, I've lost the term. I want to say it's just not equal in treatment Mm -hmm. you know and i've definitely not sat quiet 
Yeah. And I can remember a time when somebody told me that I can't speak to a man, man like that. What? And, and I said, no, it's because he's a man that I will definitely speak like <laughs> I you know, that. I'll never forget it. And I remember who said it and I remember who it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I've, 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 I've even most recently thought to myself, oh my God, I cannot believe I was running that meeting with these really powerful men. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I, but I was never a person ever that was going to let anybody let me feel less for mm-hmm. being a woman. I, and I, I know I can picture and remember certain situations where I couldn't believe the way I was spoken to or dismissed, mm, you know, yeah. it, and for that and how it made me feel. And yeah. I definitely, I stood up for myself, you know, um, but I feel like it was my upbringing, you know, that Mm -hmm. and how I was taught that um, and who I am that like as a person by nature that I couldn't, I would never sit back. Um, And it's definitely got me into trouble. Trust me. Um, You know, trouble for, yeah. Sometimes it's, you need to get into trouble to if you if you're gonna yeah. check someone, like I feel like the trouble is, you know, warranted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember um sitting in a meeting where I was being brought into a new business meeting, um, you know, and and at, for a restaurant that was opening in New York and mm-hmm. the guy was lucky to have me, you know, very powerful mm-hmm. New York um developer, restaurateur, blah blah blah. And I remember him turning to my boss and saying, how is she going to take care of my account if she can't even take care of her hair? You know, I was like, like, looked, I I, I didn't even know where to look. And I remember, you know, turning around and saying, oh, my God, saying like you, I go, I'm not working. You'd be lucky to have me. Like, I've just run, you know, I just launched these five hotels. I go, you'd be lucky to have me. I said, I'm not working this, this account, mm-hmm. you know, and I think today in today's, um, you know, situation, uh, people, you know, would be reprimanded for that, you know, that, that mm-hmm. they all laugh. They thought it was funny, you know, and I, I the fact crazy. that I'm repeating it today, you know, it shows you how much it hurt me, mm-hmm. but I took a stand. I wouldn't work on the person's, you know, uh, restaurant. Mm-hmm. It didn't wasn't a successful restaurant, although it does still exist today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did the next day go and get a blow dry, and then from there on, I I definitely was going to get blow dried several times a week. But I can't believe I'm saying that. But yeah. it's just terrible that I still remember it. You know, yeah. and it was I had curly hair, and that is just ridiculous That's and stupid. So um, yeah, that I even remember it, but it was definitely a situation. There's definitely a boys club that exists. It exists today. Um, mm-hmm. It is. Um, it happens all the time. But you know, I can hold my own. You know, and I feel like I'm very fortunate that I can. I can see where women don't. But I, as I said, it's not in my nature to be quiet. It's not in, mm-hmm. in my nature. You know, it was something that I got in trouble with my dad growing up. Um, <laughs> it's a double standard, and I definitely. Um, I'm lucky that I was able to carry myself the way I was. And it was up, it was definitely because of myself and my upbringing. And I feel very fortunate for that. Um, there yeah. is a boys club that exists to that today. And I bring it up. I call it out. 
yeah. I call it out in meetings. I call it out when it happens to me. I'm yeah. not somebody who's going to sit around and let be spoken to or treated in a different manner because I'm a woman, um, right. and a powerful woman at that, and a strong woman. Um, and I support my sisters, you know, like my fellow female colleagues, my, you know, my friends. It is tough for all of us. And I feel, um, as I said, very lucky to to be been given a gift of being outspoken and being <laughs> strong um, and not a pushover. Yeah, I yeah. love that because I'm the exact same way. Like if I see something happening, like I I can't not say something and address it. And people who know me know that about me very well too. So I love that. Do you feel yeah. like a lot of women should be more unapologetic like how what's your advice for women who are timid and scared to speak up i think look so if there's a lesson for learn for me who's very outspoken there's a time and a place and there's a way that mm -hmm. you can be heard like i don't necessarily think that people listen to some of the things that i say because i'm always very outspoken so you know mm -hmm. i need to learn how to be heard too, you know, in the right way. Mm -hmm. I, I hope I say that right. Like, yeah. there's, there's a way like, to also demand. There's a way. Yeah, I'm there's a way. I, I, <laughs> yeah, and I am too, you know. But I also think people, oh, that's just Nat. Like, that's the way she is. And it's like, no, I've had to really fight hard, you know, to be heard. Yeah. And you're going to listen to me. And there's not going to be this double standard. Right, because yeah. it's a there's a real boys club, and I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but for younger, for, for women who are a bit more timid, it's going to take confidence. To me, I'm a list person. Mm -hmm. Write it down, write it down, write it down, and figure out how to articulate it, and mm -hmm. also know what you're trying to like. What is the goal in articulating it? Right? Mm -hmm. Is the goal about my ego is the goal because I was a double standard because I'm a woman is like, what, what, why am I reacting this way? And how am I going to communicate it in a way mm -hmm. that it's not going to make me feel bad that I can speak up and have confidence in what I'm saying? And, and do I need to seek out another female ally to help mm -hmm. me, you know, get there because yeah. it, it takes practice like anything. You know, I'm a terrible public speaker. This is the best, right? Funnily really? enough, like I don't, yes, I do That's not like getting ironic. on a microphone. Okay. Yeah, I do not like getting <laughs> on a microphone and speaking. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I'm I'm not scared to speak in a big a room with a meeting, you know, in a meeting <laughs> yeah. with people. But I can't, I, I find it very difficult to get on a microphone and talk, you know. But once you give it to me, I can't stop talking. <laughs> uh, but it takes confidence. So I think... But you have to know the intention of the conversation, right? The intention of why you want to speak up. If mm -hmm. women, you know, why they're timid, why are they scared, and what will help them come out and use their voice. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe it is, you know, and finding that, you know, and maybe it is, you know, finding it in others and seeking advice from others in the workplace or, you know, in getting getting to be heard in mm -hmm. whatever situation there is and finding ways to to improving that there's always a skill and yeah. what's so great about you know different podcasts and different books is that you can find it mm -hmm. you know if you don't want to ask somebody else you know you seek it out but it's definitely sitting with alone within your thoughts and figuring out the motive and um 
and how you're going to get there. You know, yeah, the steps to take, steps you need to take to get there. Right, right. Okay, that's good advice. That's great advice. Yeah. Okay, so I know again you're always super busy. So on your off days, like, well, not including today because you're still <laughs> kind of working. <laughs> but what do you like yeah. to do to like have fun and to unwind? Well, I love a dinner party. Okay. Um, I love entertaining friends. Mm-hmm. I love lo- long lunches. Yeah. I love are you, are you a foodie? It seems like you're a foodie. I'm not a f- I'm not a foodie, but I love going to a good restaurant. Okay. <laughs> um, I like, you know, traveling. I, you know, the greatest gift my my parents gave me was travel. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so that's why I wasn't scared to move to America. Um, yeah. So I like to travel. Um. I love to exercise. Like that's my one thing that I definitely need to do to keep my stress down. Mm-hmm. I'm a morning person. So if I don't, if I, I love to get up in the morning and, and do some sort of workout, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a hike, whether it's a class or even if it's just going on the treadmill, mm-hmm. I, I need it. It's my one, it's my time uh, to do what, like to be in my own head. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I just try not to sacrifice that. In the last few months, unfortunately, I've been so busy, I haven't had a choice um, and I've had to sacrifice it. And it's definitely something that I'm just getting back on track to doing. I've just never not worked out. I'm a workout person. Mm -hmm. Um, I like listening to podcasts. I really do. (laughs) Um, That happened to me during the pandemic Mm -hmm. um, that I found, like, the interest in walking and listening to them to escape. Yeah, I yeah. love getting lost in a good story. I'm I I like a good conversation, mm-hmm. um, definitely. Um, but I definitely also like true crime podcasts. Really, I, I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but I That's love it. So funny. Yeah. Do you watch shows like Snapped? No, okay. I watch Cold Cases, okay. um, Twenty Twenty, but I like. I, I mean, Sword and Scale is one of my favorite uh-huh. crime, true crime podcasts. Okay. I like The Daily. I like How I Built This with Guy Raz. It's probably so inspiring listening to some really great, like, amazing, like, um, entrepreneurial stories to yeah. me. They are, they are so inspiring. During, during the um, pandemic, I I love listening to that podcast because they were inspiring. Yeah. I like uh, uh, there's so many I listen to. I really enjoy uh, entertainment podcasts mm-hmm. uh, that talk about the industry. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. 
Um, I like listening to reporters that I am trying to get stories from, listening to their <laughs> podcasts so I can get into their heads, figure mm-hmm. out like what they like, their interests, what they talk about. Um, I love a music co- pod- podcast. So okay. I love documentaries. So there you go. Okay, cool. And now you have yeah. a new podcast to listen to. <laughs> now I have a, a new podcast <laughs> For yep. sure. Um, yep. So... What's a what's a big lesson that you learned um, in the industry or has Diddy specifically taught you something that you take with you every day? I just think there I'm very similar to him in his drive. Like he is so mm-hmm. driven. Um, and so the lessons is if you it's what I always say too. very similarly, it's if you want something bad enough, you've got to fight for it. I mean, there's yeah. nothing that has been put on his like given to him. You know, he mm-hmm. definitely, you know, is a hardworking, you know, individual. You know, when he was young, he's been he's dominated mm-hmm. this industry for over 30 years. You know, it didn't come because he sat around and did nothing. You know, mm-hmm. he worked really hard. And to be around somebody that he can make anything happen mm-hmm. is is somebody who wants it back. You know, and so from being around him, you know, during that, you know, the golden age of Bad Boy, you know, when he was right you know, in the beginning, you're seeing him on the various highs and successes that he's had in music, uh, in spirits, in film, uh, you know, in, in family, you know, to just in so many different industries and um, triumphs um, and to be around somebody that has that you learn so much mm-hmm. you know and I think he doesn't take no for an answer and neither do I you know yeah. no is not a no no is like well how am I going to get a yes and yeah. that is a lesson that you know I, I, I certainly want to teach and I certainly have within me and it's certainly something that we share you know i'm the same i'm like him i i i, I will fight till the bitter end <laughs> to get the things that we want you know that i want for myself personally for what he might want in you know for his you know businesses and his career and i like being around that energy yeah yeah and i was also you know, going to ask you like what's the lesson that you would like to teach people um in general it doesn't matter where you are in your life you know, you should always have questions and a passion and a hunger to learn. Mm-hmm. I think once we think get too content, you know, start we get stuck. You know, we're always gonna. I'm always gonna have a drive, and you know, also like nothing's definitive. Like mm-hmm. this is not it. This is uh, me being where I am right now. That's not it. Like you know, there's gonna be more. There's gonna be different things, and that's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, the only constant in your life is you, right? Yeah. Everything else changes and you've got to trust yourself and to know that, especially when you're younger, like, this is not it. You're going to, like, <laughs> experience things and pivot and change and learn and your things are going to evolve and that is a great thing. You know, mm-hmm. this career and, you know, your personal life, everything, like, it's in your power to manifest and change and it will if you just want it bad enough. It will happen. Right. You know yeah, I really believe that, and I'm proof of it myself. Yeah. Uh, I certainly didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. I knew the things that I wanted, but I definitely made them happen for myself. Uh, yeah, and I think 
possible for anyone if you really want it. Right. I do believe in the power of manifestation because I've done that too, but I feel like you have to also remember to put in the work and not just say it, but manifestation is very real. Yeah. I mean, if you don't put in the work, you are never going to achieve anything. Yeah. Nothing comes, nothing comes easy in this life. Nothing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where you're from and what your circumstances, nothing comes easy. It might seem to from where you're standing, but you know, the people who experience that they work at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I think that's, you know, I mean, maybe there's some people that are come as easy too, but they struggle in other things. You just don't see it, you know. Yeah. There's nobody that's like, you know, you know, skating to success. I mean, any entrepreneur, yeah. any success story has its trials and tribulations, you know, so. Right, right. Okay. That's- My last question to you would be, yeah. what is your definition of a boss? I think a good boss is someone who leads by example and inspires and empowers um, their team, listens to their opinions um, and try to create a very supportive environment that's also inclusive. Um, I think that integrity and honesty and holding um, while holding the team accountable is important. Um, but I think overall a great boss is someone who has empathy, respect and collaborates um, to be really effective. Thank you for listening to this episode of Making the Boss. Trust me, there's a lot more where that came from, so be sure to keep it locked for more shows coming soon. But in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Aisha Thorpe and on IG at beauty underscore marked. That's M-A-R-K-E-D 92. Talk soon, my bosses and bosses in the making. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.